0: The Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar Rewards. You must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Only NFL podcasts. Where one of the hosts hates post routes. He hates everything associated with post. All mailmen. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. I am so happy to be joined by my longtime friend. Uh, he's an NFL Network host. You can catch him. A lot of places, actually. Tell us all the places where people can find you, Patrick Claiborne.
1: Uh Monday through Wednesday, NFL Fantasy Live. Friday, uh, Game Day View. Sunday, Game Day Live. And as always, on social media website, twitter.com. If you call it the other thing, uh, something's wrong with you.
0: <laughs> and TikTok. You have a good TikTok, too. Oh, thanks. Amanda. Trying to be Yours better too. about that. It's, uh, it's hard huh. because
1: it, it requires like so hard. much effort every time. And if there's a tweet like any inane thought when you're in line at the bank, like okay, fine, you can fire that off. But like a TikTok, like they have to like, oh, somebody's gonna be like, oh, your hairline is. Fine. It's like just no. I'm not. I'm not trying to do that all the time.
0: Well, you should check it out, anyways. Uh, I, you're you're here not to do TikToks or tweet. <laughs> you're here to talk about week three. Um, yes. I sent you a list of games that I wanted to get into. Uh, and then I mentioned to you right before we started, this is my new thing, just bringing this on people. At the end, you will help me pick all the games for my pa- family's Pick'em League, uh, in which, update for listeners, I am currently in first place. Sun Times is. is second. Yeah, so second. Um, <laughs> so we'll do yeah, that at Mom. the end. We'll, we'll go through all the games that we aren't talking about in depth. Um, I was planning on talking about Bears Chiefs at the end, really as a means of talking about the Bears, not the Chiefs. Uh, just because I haven't talked about the Bears, they—I feel like you know this is week three—is when you get the like deluge of articles and podcasts about which zero and two team should we panic about, right? <laughs> and I've seen a lot of those, and uh, we're going to talk about a couple of them later. Actually, who are meeting head-on uh, in a very fascinating cursed game. But the Bears, I think, uh, have reached a panic level that's kind of unmatched around the league, uh, and it really comes down to the. By the way, the Bears' defense must be like counting their lucky stars that no one's talking about them because uh, they're not. They're not so great either. But that was predictable. I, the question coming into the season was whether the offense would look better with some investments. Spoiler alert: It does not look better. Um, just to kind of give the overview for those who have mercifully not watched bears games um justin fields currently 31st in qbr 32nd (laughs) in completion percentage over expectation choose your stat but you know you don't need stats it looks awful it looks (laughs) terrible and i you know there's been a lot of really great work um articles breakdowns jt o'sullivan who was guest on this podcast did kind of a magnum opus just of disgust on the Bears offense. Um, I thought uh, another friend of the podcast, Ben Solak, had a good piece today in The Ringer. I think what is so frustrating about it, Patrick, is everybody agrees that everything is terrible. Yes, There's not a single variable that can be isolated, um, which is, and then people say, well, you're making excuses for Justin Fields. No one is making excuses for Justin Fields, not a soul. <laughs> but the whole thing looks bad. And then I, maybe you can actually kind of uh, meet me, uh, jump in here and fill everyone in. Uh, Justin Fields, I don't know if, how would we describe what happened today?
1: I think what happened today is we had a quarterback, <laughs> Mina, who's not playing well. I, yes. He knows he's not playing well. And he's searching within himself. He's trying to analyze this situation as, as how do I fix this? What can I do better? And what Justin Fields lands on is that I'm thinking a little bit too much. Uh, I need to go out there and just play. There were several third downs where maybe I'm, I'm holding on to the ball. I'm not leaving the pocket soon enough. I'm, I'm trying to, and, and this comes down to, well, it was like, well, what might be making you think too much? And he chews on it for a second and he's like, well, no coaching. Well, I'm not necessarily blaming coaching, but what I'm saying is there's all these voices in my head and I need to listen to the one that got me here. And so of course the reaction to that is Justin Fields blames coaches and like, I, I guess in perhaps I mean that this is me being overly defensive of football players. I like it when a guy takes, tries to take the time to answer a question. And the worst thing for me as a person who covers football is for 32 Matt Ryans to step to the mic and say absolutely nothing every single chance that they get. But what happened here today, I think it was Justin Fields was trying to answer a question while also trying to figure out why he's playing so bad. And why the team is so bad? Because he's not going to say, "Well, guys, you know, I'm I'm just a bad football player. I, I'm I'm never going <laughs> to play. I just football suck. Well. <laughs> yeah, like,
0: I'm really slow to pull the trigger. Y'all you see, see it. Y'all watch. I, you watch the tape.
1: <laughs> Look at that. You're like that's me. Imagine imagine you watching yourself suck at your job. But yeah. And so like, I, I do think, of course, there's reaction, and then so Justin Fields comes out, and, and then there's going to be the idea that Fields is blaming the media, which is a massive entity comprised of hundreds of thousands of people who are just trying yeah. to eat. Right, and so yeah, of course, there's going to be some people that take it the wrong way, that take things out of context, and then there's also going to be some people that are just doing their job. Ultimately, the Bears are bad. The Bears' offense is morose, and I, I tried to I tried to look up. I'm like, let me see if I could try to quantify this. Uh, I looked at third downs between five and ten yards to go, where Justin Fields is taking shots downfield. He's attempted one pass over twenty yards this season. He completed it, and I'm so I'm thinking, okay, so last year he may have been just airing it out so much more. He only attempted three of those passes last year in the entire season. I'm, I'm not sure in terms of throwing the ball, how much different the, the results are for Justin Fields. Now, I, clearly running the ball has been different, but the, everybody has said it and everybody's right. It, it, it takes more. It takes a village to be this bad. Like that was true for the 2022 Denver Broncos. Yeah. It's true for the Bears. Um, but are we making statements about the long-term viability of Justin Fields? considering what's, what's around him. I don't don't know that it's fair to do that at this point.
0: Well, it, I think the problem is when you're three years into it, it, you do have to start making those statements, even if it's not fair. Um, like, I think this is one of those ultimate, like one of those many things can be true at once situations. And unfortunately, you know, even if it's true that the, like, you know, there's there's backups in the offensive line. It's terrible. Uh, the guards are out. The left tackles regressed a little bit, perhaps predictably. The non-DJ Moores are not doing much. You, know, you can talk about Komet and Claypool. And um, and then, like, the play calling is bizarre and confusing. <laughs> Everybody's, I mean, it, that's. I, I just don't under, yeah. I, I, Someone has just yet to explain to me why he's only carried the football like four times. I don't like to just explain. Like I have yet to hear has I, maybe gets he's been asked about it. I don't understand it. Uh, and then just the profusion of screens and culminating, of course, in that pick six, which was very predictable. All of that is real. But then at the same time, when you watch fields there are guys open sometimes. <laughs> like he, and and it, it, what's so puzzling, I thought my colleague Dan Orlowski did a really nice breakdown. He was, um, it was he was, he was putting up some tape from end zone view and just watching Fields helmet. And it's not, it's, it, it's, it's, it's inaccurate to say that he can't read the field because he is looking at the targets. He is looking in the right direction and he just won't throw it. And I don't, I, I, You know, and I think that's what, like, if I don't know if he's afraid of turning the ball over. I don't know if it's he doesn't trust the receivers. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. He's always had a bit of a sore release. He's always held on to the football a little bit longer. It's never looked like this, Patrick. It's never looked the way it's looked these first two weeks.
1: If you, if you do want, like, a positive, because it's hard to find one, uh, he threw for 104 yards with 118 passer rating when targeting DJ Moore. So, like, yay. Like, that's it. But but as you mentioned, he has to actually throw the ball. And, and it was a thing that I pointed out uh, last year with Trevor Lawrence when there was the early start, right? And it's like, oh, is, is Trev it? Like, Trev was getting to the right read. He was choosing the right throw. He just wasn't hitting it. And you could at least say, like, hey, Trev's getting these balls, but he's yeah. not getting them down fast enough. He's not getting them over the linebacker, but he's making the right choice. Fields is... Like like Dan said, he's looking there, but we have to get him to throw. And, and maybe that's a part of what his explanation was. Is yeah, I'm I'm looking at the same thing you guys are. I'm I'm seeing it. I I don't know why it's why it's not happening. It, he but the fact that he doesn't know and he's like maybe it's maybe it's this. He's having to think a while on it. Then that, that's that's even more concerning. I'm not giving up though. I believe. I don't
0: you. feel. Yeah, I mean it's it's two weeks. You know we're not. It, it's too early to say anything about anyone definitively. I don't feel great about this week because <laughs> I don't know if you heard me mention the guards. Uh, Chris Jones is coming to town. He's, back. Uh, the, He's got
1: incentives now.
0: <laughs> oh my God. He looked amazing against Jacksonville. Um, they're also like the, the thing that really jumped out to me watching the Jags is like he, he did some of his best work on the edge because Steve Spagnuolo that week clearly circled <laughs> uh <laughs> What the right tag? I forget his name with uh, Anton Harrison. Um, they use him to basically get the matchups that they want, and then if they get double teams, the other guys are good enough, I think, to benefit from it. And I don't. This Bears offensive line is just atrocious. Yeah, uh, so I think Fields is gonna unless he just goes completely nuclear on the ground, which is a pos- possible. Which he might, which
1: which may have been uh, the he message, might, I would. Which may have been the message that he's trying to send to all yeah. of Chicago and, and maybe Kansas City, like, hey, I'm getting out of there. I'm I'm hitting my back foot and it's either DJ Moore or I'm I'm out like Clay like, Yeah.
0: You no. Know, I think that's bye. what I'd like to see. Just go nuts, man. Turn it over. I don't care. <laughs> just throw it throw it, throw the ball. Yeah. Be go week, nuts. Use your legs. Week one yeah. YOLO
1: Josh Allen. Just ex- yeah, that's it. Be that guy. Uh,
0: um, I think this is a, is a pretty good bounce-back opportunity for the Chiefs' offense on their side, we do not have to get into it too much. Um, you know, it, it hasn't looked perfect, obviously. Kelsey, I don't think, is 100%. I think they're still kind of figuring some stuff out. The offensive line was a big problem against Jacksonville. Uh, the uh, Bears' pass rush ought to be a cure-all <laughs> for that. Uh, I mean, the Bears are, like, strong at linebacker, which is where they threw a ton of money and pretty much nowhere else, so... Yeah. I I I think this will be a nice one for Mahomes.
1: They're 32nd in pass defensive EPA right now, but on top of that, they're also 31st in run defense EPA. Oh, nice. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, it can always get worse.
0: Jeez. Oh, I'm so sorry Bears fans. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I really don't. Uh I guess it's better to be here, okay here's my spin zone okay it's better to be cosmically bad than just kind of bad as a football team in some ways because <laughs> then you know you got to fix things and people have to be replaced and like it, you know if fields plays at this level at least you'll know you know like at least you'll know what okay. to do going forward
1: it's Is better spin? It's, it's better to know than to not know right Maybe maybe, yeah. maybe that's it. And, and sorry to you know the ninety seven year old Bears fan who's <laughs> like I don't want one more run. I don't know. I I just spin
0: zone. Bryce Young doesn't look that great. No, I'm just yeah. Kidding.
1: <laughs> I, I, let's until hey we haven't abolished the draft yet, Bears fans. So yeah. um, good things could come from oh. losing.
0: Well, there that's the ultimate spin zone. Yeah, this just looks like an electric quarterback draft. So they have their first round pick, right? They only traded this last for DJ Moore it was yeah i mean this one so or or they yeah they got DJ Moore they didn't they didn't trade they got they got the picks so
1: and and they'll yeah. have ammunition perhaps if if they, they do yeah. want to
0: if things continue down this path i mean like do the bears look better than the the cardinals
1: no <laughs> yeah no it's not even close
0: yeah that
1: are,
0: have you seen any Caleb Williams Bears um, photoshops in the wild? Well,
1: <laughs> I think because Caleb and his father came out right, and, and they had yeah their yeah, statements. yeah
0: yeah yeah, and,
1: and clearly they were in reference to huh. the Arizona Cardinals, and and somebody could probably come back and just substitute bears in there uh, at this point.
0: Eight days ago, the first headline that comes up: Bears projected to have two top five picks. In the draft. Wait, what? What am I forgetting? They, they have their. Did they get a future first? Oh yeah, uh, they got the Panthers for yeah. It was Yo,
1: the, all in that DJ Moore trade. So they get totally more.
0: forgot. I'm sorry. It was my, yeah, that's great. They look bad too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wow. We found the spin zone, Bears fans. Yeah. You're gonna have all the ammunition. Two first rounders, both of which could be great. Have you been watching college football? These kids look awesome. Yeah,
1: I mean, okay, you you could you could trade up one pick and move up and take Mitchell Trubisky. It could always be better. It could okay, always right. get
0: worse. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Okay, Bills commander. I, that won't be the last time I talk about the Bears. I, you know, I I will revisit whether anything happens with Fields and. This, I, 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 we're joking about we're I mean, we're not really joking. We're, we're not joking, but we are joking. Yes. Bill's commanders, I think is a really good game. Um, I enjoyed watching both of these quarterbacks a lot week two. Let's start with the Allen side of things because, uh, it was against the Raiders, which is a very important caveat and also explains why nobody really seemed to care. He was incredible yes. in week two and Patrick. Um, most importantly about this Josh Allen week two performances, it, he actually, I thought looked kind of like he did in the beginning, the first half of the 2022 season where he was just playing within himself. He was not pushing the ball unnecessarily. He pushed the ball downfield at times, but he was not taking unnecessary risks. He had a 4.9 average depth of target, 409 air yards per attempt. He went 26 for 28 on passes under 10 yards Um, for 169 yards and three touchdowns, um, he was just extremely efficient. And I think not only is that good to see, obviously, after uh, the week one YOLO meltdown, but it's very relevant against the commanders team where the pass rush is obviously the strength of the team. I think that pass rush will present problems for the Bills offensive line. So if we get this version of the exact version of Josh, we saw in week one, spread the ball around, dink and dunk, make plays with your legs when you need to. I think that it's exactly what they needed going into this game.
1: Yeah. And I think sometimes off season stories, like we see Stefan Diggs frustrated that they lose a playoff game. Well, yeah, they, they just lost a playoff game. And so this narrative builds in our heads. "Oh, This is this is all about to fall apart. They're still really good <laughs> football players. And if you, if you look at, Josh Allen's even against the Jets in week one, less than 15 yards. He did the same thing. He only had five incompletions. Uh, He's getting, he's he's throwing touchdowns in there. The problem in week one was again, Yolo Josh who we love Yolo Josh. Yolo Josh is great TV, but when you're playing against a good defense, you just can't have Yolo Josh out there. And And I felt like against, against Las Vegas, there was an opportunity for him to just be sometimes check down Josh, but he Yolo Josh still made an appearance. He's throwing that ball back across his body. (laughs) <laughs> Where it's like, wait, Josh, we're not doing that this week. And he hits it, and that's and that's Josh. But we yeah. we ultimately can't always just say that's Josh. But this team is is still really good, and as long as he does that, I, I think I, th- I think this Commanders defense, while in spots, it doesn't necessarily have the stars, especially in the secondary that the Jets defense has. It's very very good. Um, but Josh can do that again. It, it's it's a question of looking over on the other side with Sam Howell, especially in the second half last week. Yeah. Is is this a and that was his first three hundred yard passing game? We're watching Kansas City kind of have some issues moving the ball, and then Eric Bieniemy's on the sideline, and and Sam Howell's making plays, and I'm starting to ask, you know, this how much of continuity was this Matt Nagy Eric Bieniemy switch? You know, but you know, we're not on the Chiefs anymore. It, it's I'm excited for the game because um, I I want to see what the development of Sam Howell is going to be because there's been a lot to feel good about. In the first couple yeah,
0: I think uh, the 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 Bills' defense will be more of a test for Howell than what he has played thus far. Mm-hmm. Arizona Week One, Denver. I think I am starting to have some real question marks about that defense yeah. and some of the. They just seem to be. There's just seems to be a lot of holes. There's um, still like you know you got Sertan, obviously he's amazing, and Justin Simmons and and whatnot. But there, there's some issues and the pass rush isn't fantastic. I think. For Buffalo, my concern in playing Howell, based on what I've seen thus far, is if he's kept clean, he's really good. I mean, the dude has a rocket arm. He has, I thought, done a pretty good job reading defenses, going through his progressions. I think the the offense is very well coordinated. When he's been kept clean, he has ranked 7th in QBR and 3rd in on-target rate thus far. And while I think the Bills' defense is good, watching them against Vegas, pass rush isn't that great, dude, without Von Miller. Um, So if they can't disrupt him, I think that they could be in for... You know, this could be like the, oh, is, is... People are the, right now. I would say the Washington offense is kind of like bubbling. There's kind of like a like a low murmur of excitement around <laughs> it, and people are like, "Ooh, like that second half, Sam Howell, Eric enemy, these pass catchers." If they put up those kinds of numbers against the Bills defense, watch out. I think it becomes a much bigger story because of our perceptions of that defense being very fundamentally sound.
1: It, it, when you consider the fact that there's seven two 2-0 teams in the NFC right now, uh, three of them are in the East, and and so like there's. Hmm. There's that road ahead for Washington, but this would, in terms of the valuation, in terms of how we feel about it, it would definitely, it will certainly change things. I, I do look at Buffalo when it comes to pressuring Sam Howell. That like Sean's not blitzing a lot uh, this yeah. this season. He's 29th, and, and I think there's belief in, in those edges, and we saw them. Right, we we saw how Aaron Rodgers' season came to an end. Um, there's there's a I have I'm not quite sold. On, on their ability to get pressure before, but yeah. I mean that changes once Vaughn gets back, and they're just they're only going to be deeper yeah. uh, in that capacity. And so, like it's it's a long season, but we're I think we're going to learn we're going to learn a lot about the Bills' defense and and maybe the Commanders' offense. It, it could be both.
0: The one thing that I think um, helps Buffalo a lot is I think the run defense has been really good. I mean i I think they held Josh Jacobs to like it was something insane. Some of that was bad uh, run blocking on the part of Vegas. It was negative two yards on nine carries, <laughs> um, which was a rebound performance after, you know, Brees Hall ran all over them. But the front of that, de- the defensive line, the interior is very stout. I think there's, however, questions behind them at linebacker in terms of size and they play a lot of nickel.
1: 95% so I'll be curious nickel, to see if they... By the way. It's, yeah. it's nuts, but they're
0: always in the So game. I'll be I'll be curious to see if Bienname kind of puts that to the test. Um, because the run game also the against Denver looked very good. So I still got Buffalo in this one. Um, I think that especially on the other side of the ball, I you know, I was just really encouraged by what I saw from Josh Allen in week two. I think the defense is going to give Howell a harder time than what he's faced so far. But this is one where I'm like, eh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick it. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know what the line is. we'll get actually I'll see them when I get to the final segment. It feels like it could be, you know, like a little bit just based on what I've seen out of Washington thus far. in the offense, it feels like it could be a little spicier than maybe people think.
1: And, and and while we feel so great about the commanders defense, they did also give up those 20, 21 points yes. right off the bat uh, to Russ well, and Sean Payton and company.
0: I think that's where it's for Allen it's gonna be like about finding that balance between what we talked about, which is that kind of like dice him up, get the ball out quick, neutralize the pass rush. But <laughs> you can be yeah. like Gabe Davis should be able to burn whatever Washington corner is on him yeah. once or twice a game for big plays. And that's always the thing with Josh, right? It's kinda like finding <laughs> finding that balance. It's must see every um, time though. I also think. By the way, I was I say watching Washington. I think the the linebackers in coverage are still a weakness, and that is something the Bills have been playing a ton of two tight ends. So I think there's something to, although teams don't really respect it, but there's something you can kind of exploit through the air. Um, okay, let's do Patriots Jets next. Let's do it. Should we start on the Zach Wilson side or the other side?
1: Uh, let's let's start on the other side because. Okay. Um, Matt Jones, since week uh, sixteen last year, has more touchdown passes than anybody in the NFL. What? Yeah, he's he's tied with he's got eleven since week sixteen of last year, and so it's like towards the end of the Patricia era and the start of the Bill O'Brien era. This this Bailey Zappy thing feels like six hundred years ago. It should have does. It it really does. It should have never happened. What a great stat. (laughs) But yeah, that 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 sets up
0: my um. Uh, my, my my gentle take, which is that Mac Jones is actually playing okay right now. I, Do you agree?
1: That's the, <laughs> that's the gentlest, most cuddly room temperature take uh, to <sighs> me. Especially when you consider that, like, if you go back to 2020, the New England Patriots are one in 17 when they give up 25 points. It's it, it hasn't been very Belichickian, but like when they when they have been, when the defense was very good last year, the offense was very bad. And I think they ran into a schedule issue here where we're going to look at the first two weeks for the new England Patriots to be like, that wasn't fair. It wasn't fair for the way we were evaluating things, considering what they were up against in the first two games of the season. Like maybe they should have changed the, all the Brady honorifics to go, you know, a few weeks down the road and not lead off with that. Um, But also maybe there's, there's some issues with talent on the outside. I I don't know that Juju is really uh, providing what they wanted and, uh, you know, Maybe Booty comes along a, a little bit more. Maybe he can get some more action. I think he was a he was a healthy scratch in week two, if I'm if I'm not mistaken.
0: Demario Douglas is the guy who um, is kind of like t- this week's Patriot slit miss test because he, you know, the the disparity in talent and skill players between New England and Miami is about as dramatic as it gets in yeah. the NFL, and that was very much on display last week. Douglas only has a couple targets. I think, you know, one was a screen, but he looks like he has some juice. Then he fumbles and Belichick disappears him. So they've all been asked about it this week. Um, and that, that's the problem. That's the problem with this offense. Like, I, I guess, you know, when I was trying to say, I think Mac Jones has looked okay. Um, like he's I thought last week he showed some playmaking ability, some creativity. He looks better under pressure. You know, his arm is still not great, but I thought he made some pretty good tight window throws especially between the numbers. The problem is this Patriots offense is so tight. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it feels like every pass has to be completed or the drive is over. No one's really I mean there's no plays downfield. And some of that's on Mac, some of that's on the skill players um But the, you know, the net of it is they're an offense that's kind of efficient and, you know, they're good with their tight ends. I think they can look better running the ball when the offensive line gets healthy than they've been, but they're not explosive. That said, Patrick, I would contend that's not a terrible formula against the New York Jets.
1: No, uh, anything honestly can work. um, Consider, especially, I mean, look, look at what we saw on Monday night. Right. You, you had a you had a Steelers team that didn't snap the ball on the other side of the other team's 30 <laughs> uh, and they still won. Um, and, that, and that was the whole game. And so, like, other than Garrett Wilson catching a ball that should have never been caught or Malik Hooker taking a bad angle on a, on a slant. Like what's what's the you've got one Brees Hall carry down the sideline. And I, I'm trying to think of Jets offensive plays. <laughs> and those are those are the only ones that really come up. Maybe there's a Garrett Wilson ball uh in the opener that Zach Wilson threw, uh where he curled up in the zone on the right side of the field. It's just not nothing comes easy and, and it has to be spectacular. And, you know, Garrett Wilson is is dealing with a quarterback who's thirty second in a whole bunch in, in, in so okay. many statistical categories since he entered the league. I, I So So where do you go?
0: This this feels like the right time to recap Zach Wilson's tortured history against the New England Patriots as we enter this game. Um, truly a house of horrors for young Zach, this defense. Last year, was it Halloween week one? I'm always, I there was the Darnold game on Halloween, or it was close to Halloween yeah. because all the headlines were the like, ghosts. Zach Wilson's seeing ghosts <laughs> out there, you know. Um, although Darnold was the icy ghost guy, but... Anyways, last year against New England, uh, Zach Wilson had a QBR of 22. He completed less than half of his passes. Uh, he had a 31 percent off target rate, which is insane. Um, when he was pressured, and he was pressured a lot, he averaged negative .19 yards per dropback against New England over two games, with a QBR of 0.9. It's not good. The first game was when he threw all the picks. The second game, he went 9 for 22 for 77 yards. So I was—I went back and looked through my notes to kind of remember what happened. Uh, and both times, the Pats, uh, they got him a lot with some pretty creative blitzes. It was very obvious that they wanted to flush him out of the pocket and turn him into someone who they wanted him to throw on the run, but they had a spy to keep him from taking off. Which, by the way, is something he can do. Did go. against uh, in the in week two against Dallas, even. Um, but they were like, "No, we want you to. We're perfectly content with you breaking the pocket, and then we want you to do dumb things." And that is he obliged. And um, candidly, like I and they, you know, they play a lot of man coverage. I suspect they're going to take a pretty similar approach this time. I mean, the thing about Zach Wilson, and I've been accused of being too hard on him, is he actually actually is much better in structure when the ball comes yes. out quickly. It's it, this is like a misconception that he like should be playing playground ball. No, <laughs> bad things happen when he holds on to the football, and New England wants him to hold on to the football.
1: I, I, it takes me back to Week One, you know, where there's a screen that gets that gets blown up, and then Zach Wilson, for some reason, retreats 25 yards down the field. It, it's a screen pass. There's literally nothing good that can happen. There's offensive linemen downfield. He's spinning around and trying to make a play that literally cannot happen. And it, it it happened a couple of times. There was the Michael Parsons pressure in week two where he just throws the ball to J-Ron Kurse, just kind of panics and runs, and then flips it out there and, and J-Ron's there. It's that first once that first read gets taken away, yeah. and then he comes back and it's like, all right, like the the old um The old Robbie Callen tweet about it's it's uh it's Jordan Clarkson time. Like he gets it's like all right it's Zach Wilson time and he goes to make a play and it's like Zach that's that's not you. Like when has this worked? But but it continues to happen. I think maybe well the best chance is to not have that happen. Like go ahead (laughs) take the sack, put your head down. Take the sack. um, Yeah. Just just try to get a few yards. But when he tries to make that extra play, I'm, I'm trying to think of when it has worked. I, I don't know. And then he, he makes that fade throw in structure, and it was bad, and Garrett Wilson comes up with it. So, like, yeah. get the ball out of your hands and and see if these guys who are very – good like, Brees looks great coming back. Brees Hall's leading the NFL in yards for carry still, uh, even after that game against the Cowboys. Just try to not get in the way, which is a, a weird thing to say, which is why I think Joe Douglas should be on the phone. You know, like, uh, Sam Howell's doing great. If Washington doesn't mind not having a backup quarterback. Right, like, Cal- free Jacoby <laughs> again. <laughs>
0: I, 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 don't get me started by the way <laughs> um I didn't mention this earlier in the week when Dominique and I were talking about how Dak Prescott was excellent against the Jets he had a QBR of seven a QBR that has been, not been matched against the Jets defense since Jacoby Brissett did it in September 2022 um yeah I think like the formula is for Zach is kind of what we're saying which is Ball out quick. I really think he looks fine when the ball comes out quick. The ball to Wilson was a good ball. I mean, you know, Wilson obviously did most of the work, but it was a good ball. Yeah. It was a good ball. Get that ball out quick. Um, they're probably going to, I, I imagine, uh have a very heavy focus on the run game. And take those sacks, man. Don't try to don't try to do it. Don't try to, yeah, Leroy Jenkins in it, because <laughs> that is when bad things have happened against this defense. Um All of that said, this is a tricky one because the Jets defense is so good, and because the Patriots offense, while you know, I think you and I both agree, like Mac Jones hasn't been playing like bad football. They're very constricted in what they do. Um, Like this, this probably you know, it it feels ugly and low scoring, which are not games that I love to pick. I probably lean New England just because of Wilson's history against this defense and the turnovers, but I don't feel great about it.
1: <laughs> I, I I feel I tend to feel better than you do um, about the game for New England, considering the fact that the thing that they have to do, the problem that we talked about the offense is they're they're having to convert third and fives, third and sixes all the way down the field. It's also the thing that you need to do against the Jets. Yeah. Like it's it's what Dak was able to do, is what Josh was kind of able to do uh, if he wasn't turning the ball over. So like they've they've got plenty of work at this. Um, yeah, Um you know, like dink and dunk. If if we're but, yeah. but that also means like, hey, Kendrick Bourne, like go beat sauce, you know, nine times on, on this. And so it's like uh, but Well, the,
0: the, the, I, I do think they've looked good throwing to the tight ends. Hunter Henry, I think, has been good in that area. offense. And that is the one area that where the Jets have over the last year and, and change struggled a little bit to defend. So smash those Hunter Henry overs, folks. <laughs> um, okay, when we come back, uh, we're gonna talk about an AFC South. Clash featuring uh, a young quarterback that I'm kind of excited to talk about. Not Trevor Lawrence. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL, and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great keep those winnings but if you lose you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet 21 and older only offer valid and must be physically present in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa kansas louisiana massachusetts maryland michigan new jersey new york ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia and wyoming only new users and first ten dollar plus wagers only must register with an eligible promo code bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss maximum bonus bet twelve hundred fifty dollars bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within seven days after qualifying wager settles see caesars.com Com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call one 800 522 4700 Indiana, call one 800 9 with it. Iowa, call one 800 bets off. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-Stop. licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call one 800 327 5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call one 800 270 7117 Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling one 800 Gambler, it's 1 800 426 2537. Or in West Virginia, visit 1 800 gambler.net. Oh, Texans Jags. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to start on the Texans side because it took me a second to watch CJ Stroud week two against Indianapolis. Um, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's too strong. But I thought he played really well. Uh, And I I think I mentioned, uh, I I didn't get into, I haven't gotten to the Texans at all, but in the the Baltimore game, I actually thought despite being under siege, he flashed some stuff, he battled through it. Uh, And then in this game, again, he was totally under siege. He was pressured on nearly 50% of dropbacks, sacked six times. And yet, despite that, he threw for 384 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, with a plus 4.2% completion percentage over expect- expectation, which I think is notable. He was exceptional throwing uh, to the intermediate part of the fields. Um, I I don't know. I've just been really impressed. I mean, this is he was playing behind like a very makeshift offensive line. Everybody out. Tunsil out. Howard out. Center still hurt. Uh, But I I feel like the the early returns on CJ Stroud shows the accuracy and touch we expected from college and what I didn't necessarily expect, Patrick, which is playing well in the face of adversity and pressure. Uh, So if I'm a Texans fan, I feel pretty good uh, with what I've seen from the number two overall pick.
1: And you should feel really good. Like the Texans have been – the Texans fans have watched Nico Collentier for the past three years. He had his best – two of his best games in his entire career have been with C.J. Stroud (laughs) playing in his first two NFL games ever. And that's with an under-center percentage. Like C.J. Stroud is under-center – from Ohio State where they're in shotgun almost all the time. He's under-center 37% of the time. Like he's doing all of this and he's also – adjusting to the NFL he's adjusting to new play structure with new teammates and he's been very successful in the first two weeks and, and of course like you look over the other side Anthony Richardson celebrating he's going to the end zone it's like yeah th- this guy's playing way better than anybody else but then it's
0: mm-hmm. like
1: this is why like QB wins he can't always as good as Richardson has been like CJ is we're, we're you know D'Amico's going to figure out this defense like things are going to be a, a little bit better in Houston but in terms of like what CJ Stroud has done um I, you have to feel really good about it, I, and, and they should. You,
0: you mentioned Nico Collins. I think look, uh, Stroud is doing things better than Young right now on his own. I think um, yeah. in terms of like the playmaking, in particular, you know, I think and and the throws he's making on the move and the accuracy, certainly, but. Watching these two offenses, watching Carolina on Monday and then watching the Texans tape, I vastly prefer these Texans playmakers. Oh, my God. Uh, You know, I think uh, Woods and Dell are definitely useful players at minimum. And then Nico Collins, in this game to me, I I, I posted one of his um, many catches. He looks like a legit number one playing with CJ Stroud in terms of the size, the separation, the speed, the route running ability, the hands he creates. And like, it's when you watch them, I mean, which does not exist in Carolina, by the way. And you're like, oh, it feels like there's a young core. Uh, I think the Jags pass rush will give the offensive line trouble. They've looked pretty good through the first two weeks. But I just love the way... They're trending. Even I, it, it's very early, but I, it feels like okay. At least there's like talent here for Bobby Slowick to work with, so that he can exploit some of the mismatches in this game.
1: And CJ Shroud is doing this while getting nothing in the in the run. Game, oh my god! By the way. Uh, Damian Pierce is av- is he actually has more yards after contact than than he does like considering <laughs> before contact as well. Like people are getting. He's in to hell, by the way. He's
0: an absolute it, hell out there.
1: It makes me think of rookie season Najee, where there's all these screenshots of like him taking the ball and there being 12 defenders, like 15 defenders in his face. Like that's that's what it seems yeah. like for Damian Pierce. I think, of course, there's so many Shanahan system guys proliferating through the NFL and like Bobby Sloak is another one. But the the run game will come and I think things will get better. And then maybe you get a little more play action, uh, which is which is going to be a little better for the rookie quarterback
0: yeah and as as you said, it's obviously such an important part usually of this type of offense yeah Pierce um i uh have him on one of my fantasy teams, so I'm all too familiar <laughs> with the lack of production. I just pulled out of curiosity um next gen stats does expected yards per carry, which is how you get rushing yards over expected based on the blocking and you know what defenses are doing and they have him as second worst in the NFL right now behind Josh Jacobs. Uh, it's not great. And it's largely attributable to what, you know, I said at the top the offensive line is all back up, So I think to your point, it will get better. The offensive line will get better. I think that's what's so, that's what's so encouraging. Frankly, Patrick is like, we're seeing all these glimpses and these good throws with no run game and a ramshackle offensive line. Um, so like, you know, I, 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 I don't know who's playing this week if there anyone's necessarily coming back if tunsil's coming back anytime soon um you know i i mean the jag's defense i thought looked pretty good against kansas city uh there's still some holes but the pass rush has looked better i think safety's played really well but you know there's definitely like there's there's places you can attack in terms of the cornerbacks and um i think I, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they can find ways to move the ball on them through the air. Yeah. It was, it was a
1: strong showing against Kansas city, especially looking back to that week one game uh, in Indianapolis against a quarterback playing in his, in his very first NFL game. And there were like the turnover in Jacksonville, they adjust, they bring in Calvin Ridley. They, they add strength on strength and then over on the defensive side, it's like, well, we're just going to need everybody that was here to improve. And there was, you know, some real concern that, well, none of that happened in week one. I, I think we can feel better. Considering what they what they did against Kansas City in, in that game at home, but they also um, saw Josh Allen get get shut out against KC, even with the the problems that KC had and Juwan Taylor's getting taken out of the game. He's, you know, the most scrutinized player in the NFL right now is Juwan Taylor for for some reason. But it's it's ultimately uh, can they do enough on defense and just hope to outscore the opponent over on the other side? And and they have the talent to do it. and, and I, I Big if true, Patrick. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> they gotta score more points, They need to score more points. You know, soon. ultimately they gotta stop them on defense and outscore the points. No, yes. no, I'm just teasing you. Um, no, I do. Sure. I do. Let, let, let's, <laughs> let's hone in on that though. Let's let's hone in on that. Uh, through two weeks, the Jags are 31st in offensive EPA per play. I uh, Don't think anyone saw that coming. What is your Panic level with this Jags offense. If,
1: if it was happening with Cam Robinson back, then I would be I would be in a full five alarm panic. I, I, I think there's some clear struggles. Um, the, the numbers have all gone. You, if if you go and see uh, what Travis Etienne's numbers were running behind Cam Robinson last year, it, it's his absence hmm. is huge. It, it may be more impactful yeah. than any other uh, in terms of the results, right? Because uh, we've seen like clearly, like Cleveland had a problem up front um, on the, in the game Monday night, but. In terms of an offense that could go from eh to wow, I think Cam Robinson probably can have that big impact in Jacksonville. So I'm not, I'm not super worried. Uh, there, there. I think Doug and and, and Trevor will will ultimately get this thing figured out. But when you when you can't rely on those big chunk plays in the run game, that's that, that's a huge problem because we, yeah. we saw we've seen Etienne do it time and time again. I, I don't think I don't think they forgot, and he still looks explosive.
0: Yeah, th- I think you're right about the offensive line, and and like that's it's just been bad, and it's so bad that Trevor Lawrence, who got the ball in 2.43 second time to throw against Kansas City, still got sacked a zillion times, which, as often I discuss, does not happen to Trevor Lawrence. Like Trevor Lawrence doesn't take sacks; that is his superpower. But right now, this line is playing so poorly that he is dealing with a lot of pressure, and there are negative plays. The run game, as you said, is is a major issue. Um, I, I, I'm, I would describe my level of concern as not mild, not medium, maybe like in between mild and medium. Um, one thing I am curious about... Doug Peterson's not calling plays this year. He handed over play calling responsibilities to Press Taylor. I I'm not watching them and thinking like, "Oh my god, what are they doing? Why did they call that? Nobody's open." But, you know, when you start off when you when you go into this season with these kinds of expectations and you start off so poorly, that's something that I think does deserve some scrutiny. Uh but, you know, like the Chiefs game was so weird, dude. Like they fumbled, there's like a zillion weird plays and turnovers and they were awful in the red zone, but they were like 18 inches off of scoring like five times. I don't know. It just kind of felt weird. I, I, I feel like they're talented enough to where I'm not like freaking out. Um, I also think based on what we saw from the Texans defense this last week, uh, which I was kind of like optimistic about week one, uh, there's a real bounce back opportunity. The Texans defense did not get a lot of pressure um, last week. Uh, against indianapolis and so that i think that'll be a little bit easier for them up front safeties have been hurt could be a big evan ingram game i th- this to me for trevor and this whole offense as a whole is a real bounce back opportunity if they don't play well this week then i think <laughs> we can start like you know having the having the talks about uh Doug Peterson and the play calling and all of that.
1: Yeah, and and I think right Doug, if anybody can handle that transition uh, to go to go back, yeah. uh, I think it could be Doug Peterson. But they, you know, they they had their issues early on last season as well. That's true. Um, it's it's hard. I, I, I just keep going back to to up front and and the personnel. I, I think Cam gets back. Um, we're we're going to see a, a better offense, at least a better run game, and, and that's going to open things up for everything else.
0: I'm going to take the Jags just because I think that this yeah. is. This is the week where they, you know, Lawrence kind of finally, you know, gets back to looking like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, very difficult game to pick, in my opinion. Falcons Lions. Very interesting game. Uh, two. They're not similar team. They're kind of similar. They have similarities. Offensively, both very creative. Both very interesting with their personnel groupings. Let's start there. Uh, let's start with the Falcons offense. Uh, my question for you, kind of leading into this is based on what we've seen so far from this offense, which is to say it's creative. Bijan Robinson is the truth. Yes. Do you think we need more from Desmond Ritter in this one? Like, do you think like last week, a little better than the previous week? actually tried to push the ball downfield, which was nice. Or do you think because of the nature of the Lions defense or this matchup or whatever, uh, you don't really need that much out of Ritter? All
1: right, well, I, I think you're, we saw a willingness, right? Desmond Ritter was asked to do more, especially late in that game against the Packers. Um, and he came through. I, I think he answered a lot of questions there. Maybe you could ask some of the questions instead uh, to the Packers defense down the stretch, but um, still, you know, those were the plays to be made, and Desmond Ritter uh, made those plays. I, looking back, because I coming into the Seahawks Lions game, which was the score fest last year, and it's like, well, who who improved? Who improved the most on defense? And I I thought it was going to be Detroit, but it, you know, Geno ultimately made the plays. And can we can we ask Desmond Ritter right now, uh, twenty twenty three, to execute like Geno Smith? No, I, I I don't think we can. But is is the offense built around him good enough? Uh, to have him, you know, execute to the level he did last week. I, have got Detroit in, in this game. I, I'm a little bit more uh, believing in the in the Lions and Goff. Uh, shout out yeah. to shout out to Goff.
0: we'll get to Goff. Yeah.
1: But in in terms of the, the way that I'm looking at this Falcons team, they they there's more questions for them, uh, especially when we, we look at the Cal pitch usage uh, and how the Lions have struggled against tight ends and we've we've, we've, we've been well, we've that's been waiting a great point we've been waiting so, for so long if not now Mina if not now dude when
0: so last week uh, Seattle had a ton of success against Detroit in their 12 and 13 personnel groupings which is something Seattle does very well something they did very well last year. Um, they shredded them Geno Smith was fantastic. I think they averaged over 12 yards per pass play. Uh, out of those groups and they played them a lot. Uh, the Falcons use 12 and 13 more than anyone in the NFL when you add them together and they're fifth in EPA per play when they do so. What's interesting though, and this is kind of cuts to what you just said is they don't actually throw to their tight ends <laughs> out of, or they actually have it this year, you know? Um, like Bijan has been targeted more, I think out of their 12 and 13 uh, groupings than any of the tight ends, which, um, I am an ad, always an advocate of throwing to be John Robinson who yes. plays football the way I think I do in my dreams. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'll be like, is this it? we cause the, the, clearly this is a vulnerability with Detroit. Seattle got them in their base, uh, personnel a lot out of those groups. So they were able to get the matchups on the linebackers they wanted. Chauncey Gardner Johnson is out in this game. Yeah. uh, you know, are are we gonna throw to the tight ends in this one? I, I mean, it might not matter because even Bijan on linebacker is a great matchup, and the you know, they're I think they showed last week a willingness to throw to London, which was nice, and he he rewarded them for it. But I'm very curious to see uh, because that is I, I really think that's an area in this Lions defense that you can attack,
1: and and perhaps in, especially when you consider the game planning uh, cuz Arthur Smith will be the first person to tell you like hey I don't I don't care we're just we're just trying to win I don't care about fancy but Kyle Pitts, it, it's clear right is a, is a very gifted football player um how is he going to be utilized in this game how is he going to be utilized for this team like is he a valuable asset to be had on this on this offense and it, it, again if if not if not this week against Detroit then at what point do we say, well, maybe like do you want Kyle Pitts to, to play somewhere else? Because he's, he's 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 getting separation. Uh he saw more uncatchable targets than any player in the NFL last year with Marcus Mariota at quarterback. Um he's been opening spots this season, just just trying to figure it out. Like what's, what's... I
0: saw a um tweet that was like a joke fantasy tweet that was like i'll never trade i'm never going to give up on kyle pitts you could be in prison (laughs) my team and that is how it is at this point for those of us who have him on our teams um it's yeah uh i i I, on the other side of the ball the the Falcons defense has been good but i do think they benefited from competition and detroit presents a very different challenge uh from the teams that they've played thus far um, which you know the Packers offense is is feisty, but I think Detroit's just kind of a different different animal altogether. Um, they do it, it's been interesting to watch them kind of early on because it's a new defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, more man coverage. They put a lot of man coverage. I think the rookie, the uh, free agent acquisitions, have played very well. But what ultimately tilts this one for me and why I think I'm going to probably pick, pick Detroit is uh, you know with Goff when he's kept clean he's awesome. He, you know, you, you can't, you got to pressure Jared Goff and the Falcons currently uh, ranked dead last in pressure rate 21.4%. Uh, so unless uh, Kate and, Alice and company really step it up, I feel like Goff's going to be able to move the
1: ball. Move. It should be. And I, I do owe Jared Goff a huge apology because <laughs> on game day view, I said, Jared Goff's interception streak is going to stay through. You can count on it. It's not na- Jared Goff would never, allow himself to let all of you down. And of course, a little bit of pressure gets took off and for some, he flips it out and it gets picked off, much to, to your joy, I'm sure. Uh, I I was heartbroken over it. Uh, Cynthia Freeland was going to come on the show in a lion costume. Everything was going to be perfect, but ultimately it, it, it didn't go right. But Jared has made decisions under pressure spectacularly, going all the way back, even past, even before the streak uh, even started. He, he's been very good. And we still have to. I don't know if it's a, it's a narrative because the, there was that issue with the Rams and they were bad. Uh, he and Sean weren't necessarily on the same page. They made the Stafford trade. It was a great trade. You could say a great trade for both teams. But the view of Jared Goff needs to to finally shift to to pass. Like Jared Goff is is just a competent quarterback who can like Jared Goff in in certain situations he's is confident. very very good. He, he's 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 past that. It, it's not just managing the game like Jared can make plays. And to a certain extent, I would like to see Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson trust Jared Goff a little bit more to try to get just that extra bit out of this offense.
0: I, I don't know about that, but
1: uh, I want Max Jared, Mina.
0: Jared's Give playing me really well it. when he's protected, and he is very well protected in this offense. I mean, the offensive line is amazing. Um You know, watching them against Seattle, you know they don't—they still definitely lack a threat on the perimeter, but I don't think it matters too much in this game because I think that their usual—I um I mean, Jared's so good throwing over the middle of the field, and I think that stuff will all be there. The play-action game will work. Um St. Brown, I think he's always a little banged up, but I think he's fine. The tight end, the rookie tight end, Laporta, I thought looked really good against Seattle, breaking tackles. feels like they're still kind of figuring out how to use Gibbs. But again, I just think as much as I do think that the Falcons defense is playing better and, and there's like competent players now at every level, I still think that the Lions will be able to move the ball on them. So I don't know. It could be high scoring again, but I will take Detroit um and that brings us to the our last game which is the most cursed game of the week it's truly i was trying to think of an analogy for like um you know when like two cursed things meet each other i couldn't think of anything you know like it's like god what is it it's like two people with really really bad luck somebody has to win this game between the Chargers and the Vikings. This, uh, you know, this, <laughs> this feels like a must win game, Patrick. For both sides. It, is, <laughs> it, it is, though, right? Like, you know, you can't start on three, and certainly, um, I think, can't given these teams' histories and their expectations and all of that. Um, I, we talked about the Chargers. Dominique and I talked about the Chargers and sort of their struggles at the beginning of thus far in the season on Tuesday. One thing we kind of skipped over or didn't really get into too much was the offense, which has largely been fine. I think that's kind of what's made this sort of puzzling. I mean, they're fifth in EPA per play right now. Uh, Week one, they ran the ball really well. Less so week two, Eckler was out. He's day-to-day. I think his uh, availability will definitely have an impact on how I view this one, given what we've seen from the Vikings' run defense so far. But I guess let's start on that side of the ball. Kelly Moore's offense, Justin Herbert, um, paid. Do you feel like this is one of those things where, yes, the numbers are really, really good, but it still feels like something is missing? Or do you think it's just because we're looking at it through the lens of the fact that they're 0-2? Yeah,
1: that, that lens is, of course, it's the most important one. But there's there's so much right contextualization that's possible Right, it's like oh, playoff loss for 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 Justin Herbert. Well, we have to consider they had that lead in the first place, right? And here we are with a coach. And again, love Brandon Staley. Uh, Built as a defensive genius, had had in his prime Aaron Donald, and in his prime Jalen Ramsey, and they were spectacular on the defensive side of the ball. Comes over, has a little bit older Khalil, uh, you know Khalil Mack, uh, Bosa's there, uh, Derwin's there, and you expect so much, but yet again, right? You know, teams are averaging five a carry again. Like all these things have continued to happen against this Chargers defense. And and while, like yeah, you could maybe point some fingers, but like they're making great decisions on offense. That 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 fourth the fourth and go, uh, where Herbert's out on the edge makes a play. Keenan Allen gets a touchdown against the Titans. This is all happening on the road. But but yet again, like down the stretch, uh, you, you get you get diced up by Antenna. Yeah, it's 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 a a thing that continues to happen. Um, that talent though on the defensive side of the ball is why I feel a little bit better about their situation because I, you also have to evaluate the schedule. Um, and, and that trip to Tennessee, it's, you know, you, you could say it's a little tough, like maybe, well, you know, the Titans it makes
0: me are feel, on the road
1: in week one. Yeah. So. It makes me
0: feel better about the offense. Cause I think the Titans defense is good, but like, you got diced yeah. up by Ryan Tannehill. Y'all. Like, yeah. eh. um, okay. Well, yeah. I'll so get to the defense in a second. I do, I do think. Um...
1: Like Allen, and Mike being healthy at the same time. Yes. Right. Like that that's always going to work and it, it's still working now. Um, and for people who forgot like how good Keenan Allen is on third down, like it, it's there, but also there were some situations on third down where they could have used the target, you know, is that, is that on Kellen? Is that on Justin? Like we, we've got to try to figure that out. Um, but there, there's still some head scratching moments on the offense where in Dallas is fine. And you're like, wait, Maybe Mike McCarthy was uh, he had, he had I yeah,
0: well, like what's out. going on here? Right. Like it, yeah, right. Is it is it Herbert's risk aversion? Is mm-hmm. it the, because it really is the the it's it <laughs> the numbers are good, the offense is clicking through almost the entire game and at the end, you know, like Justin Herbert with the ball in his hands and enough time to score. Like they should they should win. I don't know. Like yeah. it just you know, um I do think pressure was an issue against Tennessee. Tennessee's defensive line is very good. Minnesota's less good, but they do a bunch of crazy up front. So <laughs> uh Herbert since twenty twenty has been six and QBR against the Blitz. Um Brian Flores is gonna blitz. So I think you know that'll probably be a deciding factor in this one. One thing of note on the offense, Quentin Johnston is like barely played. Yeah which um i'm gonna soft launch this take here all this smoke for staley you know herbert discussion tom Telesco. just some some choices have been made with this team you talked about the defense it's the gm uh the defense being talented A soft launch another take Uh oh are they (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, watching the Titans tape didn't get much of a pass rush against what should be the worst offensive line in the NFL or one of them. Uh, A lot of the, like, you choose to pay J.C. Jackson, he's not playing well. I mean, you know, they're, like, rotating the corners, which I think they just got to figure it out. That seems to be an issue. But I mean, this deep, deep. I've talked about this. The the defense has been awful at stopping deep passes. We've seen with Minnesota. You see this. You saw this with Philadelphia. The interior, of the Minnesota offensive line is an absolute nightmare, and everything else is awesome. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. So it's like unless you can get pass rush against this team, Kirk has it, Like I don't have faith in the ability of this pass defense to stop um, uh, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison.
1: Do you? You're 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 talking me into into changing the pick.
0: I don't know. Part. I'm going to pick. I haven't decided.
1: Well, because well, I'm uh, initially I'm, I'm thinking you know the talent and, and the Chargers, but now I'm imagining a situation where it's late in the game. Uh, somebody needs a drive. Is is it going to be Kirk? Um, you know where he's been successful. Uh, sometimes and then I I don't know if I can trust Justin at this point. Um, or the offense and the in the offensive line. It's
0: I mean, Justin Herbert's a better oh. quarterback than Kirk Cousins, but I don't think either of these defenses are particularly great, particularly pass defense. I think if Eckler plays, I do think uh, the Chargers will be able to run the ball with a lot of ease on him, and I and mean, we certainly saw that in the Eagles game. Um, and the, really, the, the char- for <laughs> for all their uh, inability to stop the deep bass, the Chargers' run defense has actually looked a little bit better, finally, this year. Uh, but, yeah, I... The um, Eckler factor, yeah,
1: is big. Changes the the, it, I think it changes the Titans game. Uh, you're a much better play caller, much better quarterback when Austin Eckler's on the field, and, and maybe that changes our entire view of the offense. Uh, but if if there's you know no Austin, maybe maybe this is a Vikings win. I gotta I gotta send some emails. Did you see that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you see that? Um, somebody posted throw the damn ball on Twitter. Posted a chart that was like the percentage of throws QBs attempt to wide open windows. And it had Bryce Young as the least, which absolutely checks out. And it had Kirk Cousins as the second most right now behind fields, but that's because he's only throwing screens. I mean, I think the combination of – I've said this all offseason. I continue to believe of Jefferson, Addison, and Hawkinson is really hard to stop. Now, the way you stop it is by getting pressure because the offensive line sucks, but (laughs) – I don't know. I don't think they could do it.
1: And, and that's with like KJ Osborne had a couple drops last week as yeah. well. Uh, but Kirk Cousins actually uh, another fun stat. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to start zero two, despite throwing for seven hundred yards, completing seventy percent of his passes, and having six uh, touchdown passes in the first two games. two. I'm
0: Kirk pilled. I, I was uh, saying this to Michael Jr. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm I've I was I, I'm gently testing the waters of Mac Jones. Isn't that bad? kirk cousins is his final form right uh kirk i i am i i I don't know how either one of them
1: should feel about that
0: no i was kirk Pilled last year uh i saw a picture of him today wearing like a hat for alexander madison's charity because you know he madison all these horrible fans sent him like racist terrible messages i was like kirk that's my guy i'm kirk (laughs) that's my guy kirk cousins
1: there's, there's a lot of – that the quarterback documentary did that for a lot of people. Uh, a lot of yeah. people watched that. And he like, was the no biggest more.
0: winner by far. I like Kirk 100%. Cousins now. 100%. Uh, yes.
1: But, and, and maybe it helps because people like, oh, you know, Kirk, Kirk's a stat guy, but they're losing. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's he's, why he's I'm Kirk
0: Now he's like the ultimate like stats but not wins guy. Uh, <laughs> he made some really nice throws against Philadelphia. Yes. Some really pretty balls. Uh, yeah, this one's going to come down to the wire for me. I think I'll probably still end up picking the Chargers because of the quarterback and, um, but I don't feel great about it at all. These are both cursed picks. Speaking of cursed picks, we are now at the final segment of the show where you help me make my picks. I have it in front of me. We've already made a few. Uh, are you ready, Patrick? I am in first place. There's a lot on the line right now.
1: Oh God. Okay.
0: I think I went 10 and six last week or something. Okay, this is just straight up. I'll tell people, I'll tell you the lines though. Okay, very start off. Oh, so I have to, the way we use this uh, platform where I have to make key picks, they're called. um, Once you you have to pick three that you're really confident about. And one of them is the Thursday night game for me. It is the San Francisco 49ers who are favored by 10 (laughs) against the New York Giants who are missing both Saquon Barkley and, more notably, Andrew Thomas. Nick Bosa I, I, against question mark.
1: I, I, I'm, not, I'm not necessary uh, here. I, I think I, I think the the choice is clear. Although um, after having the worst three halves that you could possibly have in the NFL, the Giants had the best one uh, of the entire season uh, against the Cardinals. That was the, these are not the Cardinals though.
0: They're not so. the Cardinals. They're definitely not the Cardinals. Speaking of birds, we've got the Ravens. Uh, it's in Baltimore playing the Colts. The Ravens are favored by seven and a half. Um, probably Gardner Minshew in this one. Yeah. Um, Ravens missing a zillion players still going to pick Baltimore. Let me ask you this though, really quickly because um, you and I have griped about the Ravens offense uh, privately for several years. How are you feeling through the first two weeks of the, uh, oh my God, the Ravens have a slightly normal offense experience.
1: I, I'm thinking about putting a picture of, of Todd Monkin up like, <laughs> next to my kids uh, in the hallway over there. I, I, I'm so excited, Mina. There, the, people, I, I have seen some folks that are like, oh, look at, look at Lamar Jackson. He's, he's gotten better as a pocket pat. No, no. <laughs> he, he's just, he's, he's, got, he's got guys in the pattern. And, and, and there's, you know, the, the route combinations make sense. And Zay has been incredible. It's, it's so, my heart is full. I I, I I can't be stopped. right There's
0: now. something just so soothing about watching a passing offense that's functional and on time. Um, it, I'm gonna so look. Russell Wilson is responsible for some of the best moments of my football watching career. He was electric in Seattle, but he was a very very frustrating quarterback to watch because of three and outs and sacks. Mm-hmm. And I was texting with um, my friend Danny Kelly and Jackson Bevis about this. We're Cx fans, and we were just like, there's just something so soothing about watching Geno Smith throw the ball in two point six seconds and run a normal (laughs) offense. Like, it's just, it's just like, oh yeah, he's just, you know, he's he's hitting hitting the drag. It's just nice. Uh, Okay, Uh, Dolphins, Denver, the Denver heads to Miami. Dolphins are favored by six and a half. Uh, I'm gonna take this one as a key pick. I'm gonna take Miami. I really don't love what I've seen from this Denver defense so far.
1: No, it, and it hasn't seemed good. And especially when you watched what Azero Evero and the Panthers' defense did against Derek oh. Carr on Monday night, it's like, wow, like yeah. they, we're we're gonna be a year late on this Azero Evero head coaching discussion just so, just so you can get him on the team, considering just how big the drop off has been. Right? We 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 saw Washington come all the way back from 21 to three. They will be finished with. 35 points and, and it's like, what's wrong? Uh, what's changed? That that's the most glaring to me. Um the the Denver point differential on the season though is just three points. Um it's uh, <laughs> despite this, despite this, all that's been this bad. That's the like,
0: thing, like uh maybe this shouldn't be my key pick, but the the Denver offense has been like better than actually it's being discussed, I feel like. And yes. I feel like Sean Payton's due for like a wily a wily win. I won't. I'll, I'll still go Miami. <laughs> Miami. I don't know how you start the Miami offense. So, uh, we did Patriots at Jets. We picked the Patriots who are favored by two and a half in New York. Uh, we talked Jackson, uh, Jacksonville. The Texans are going there. Jacks are favored by nine and a half, which seems high, but I will take them. Ooh, Titans at Browns. Ooh, Browns are favored by three and a half. Oh, this is so gross. What a gross game.
1: I'm, I'm after seeing what I saw on Monday, I cannot on good conscience pick the Cleveland Browns to, to win a game. Um, I hate, I I might've gotten in trouble for tweeting a swear word when I saw what happened to Nick Chubb's knee. Oh, okay. uh, it's awful, horrible. It, it's one of those things like, uh, like the fact that we have to like this, this is the game that that's, that's making all this happens, making all these things in my life possible. Uh, and I hate when stuff like that happens uh, to really good people. Uh, but then I, I see the offense, short of Jerome Ford, like figuring things out and running 69 yards down the sideline. It could have been 70. It would have been a great play. Uh, still was a great play regardless. But that that's really it. That, yeah. That's really it. And, and Deshaun's holding on to the ball too long, and he escapes the pocket. And maybe in his mind, it's 2018, and he's getting away from guys. But he's hanging on to face masks. It's weird. Like there's there's half of Amari Cooper, targets for <laughs> Donovan Peoples-Jones, where he's he's doing cardio most of the game. I don't know what's going on, and, and I'm not picking them.
0: I hate both I, these offenses I, so much, them. though. I, I, the, I think the Browns' defensive line is going to absolutely murder Tennessee. That's why I'm probably going to take Tennessee, in this just feels like a disgusting Rabel win. But I feel like it's the Tennessee. I think the Browns' defense is going to put Ryan Tannehill in an absolute – who you know looked good against LA, but I don't know. Ugh, I'll take the Titans. So, uh, okay. So we talked about the Lions. We're rotating the Lions over the Falcons. They're uh, only favored by three and a half at home. So that's this is a, that's we're not the only ones who think that one's close. Uh, the Saints go to Green Bay. Packers are favored by two. Hmm. So basically, leaning a little bit at Saints. This is tricky
1: that's to that's one of the that, that's a game where i'm waiting to find out about aaron jones's ankle i mean excuse and, me hamstring
0: yeah watson is also i think practicing
1: but there were there were clear spots in, the, in that game against atlanta where you know at a certain point it's not necessarily like excessive criticism for aj dylan but mm. perhaps that aaron jones has really been unappreciated underappreciated in these past couple of seasons and it's considering what he can do in the passing game as well. Um, Jordan Love has been really good, uh, and, and the Packers' defense has some questions. I don't, I don't know if the Saints' offense uh, presents the counter problems right now, considering their issues up front. Um, and so it's – I just need if, – if Aaron Jones is back, I, I'm going to take Green Bay in this one. But, but if not, I, I think that's enough to move it for me.
0: Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers. I think the Saints won't be able to get pressure on Love – um, they've looked, the Spain's pass rushers look good through the first two weeks, but I think a lot of that has had to do with the competition. Uh, I do not love what I saw from the Packers defense though last week. No. Mm. Okay. Uh, we brought to taking the bills over the commanders. Uh, okay. So Char- chargers Vikings is a one point game in Minnesota. So, uh, Seattle is, uh, playing Carolina in Seattle. They're favored by six. Uh, this is not Bryce Young's slander. I guess it is, but when I saw that he's heard and Andy Dalton might played might play, that made me extremely nervous because Andy Dalton is exactly the kind of backup quarterback who beats Seattle in the stupidest game of the year. I'll still take Seattle, but I feel awful about it. Yeah,
1: that's that's wounded fan talk. I mean, no, it's true.
0: It's- Drew, <laughs> look up Drew Stanton record against Seattle. That's,
1: this is not this is not that team. Uh, I actually Dalton- think the offense
0: will probably look better with Andy Dalton, which is not. Not long term Bryce Young impression. He's just he's just a professional quarterback. Yeah, and
1: and, you know these things take time, uh, and ultimately there's problems. I think the the QB sneak thing was weird. Like that's that's a a a weird thing to to discuss publicly, and then like to have Andy. It's like oh wait, but the Browns did that last year. We saw Jacoby Brissett come in. He was the QB sneak specialist, but there's like a a body size and type difference uh, between. But I guess if you want to say that Andy Dalton. Is to Bryce Young as Jacoby Brissett is to Deshaun Watson? Like, is that what we're saying? Um, I, I don't know, but I would be less concerned about Andy Dalton as as not a a wounded, hurt individual uh, due to Drew Stanton and, and other things such as.
0: Okay, we're both saying the Chiefs are the Bears. That'll be my final key pick. It's an easy one. Uh and Dallas over Arizona. That'll be my other key pick. <laughs> uh key, oh, I run out of key picks. I'm gonna tip that one instead of uh Miami over Denver. Oh. That feels pretty safe. Pretty safe. Uh Vegas. Oh, oh gross. I don't know. Vegas okay, Pittsburgh <laughs> at Vegas. Two and a half. <sighs> oh. Are bad. I'm gonna take Pittsburgh. Mm. The Vegas defense okay. is so bad, dude. And I think I think we're gonna. This is the Kenny Pickett. Oh, he's not as bad as he's been the first two weeks of the season when he had to play the Niners and the Browns game.
1: Yes, um, there's still right the the Canada questions uh, in Pittsburgh. Uh, of course, you know Mike Tomlin coming out and saying like. Hey, um, you know we want we want fans to be spoiled and and salty. I think is is what he said about you know the fans' evaluation of the offense. Uh, they, they just make some questionable decisions sometimes. And, and is that is that the defense they're playing, or is is that just a a part of what Kenny Pickett's going to have to get used to? I'm, I'm sneaky worried though when that that hit that Pickett took, where he kind of reached for his in his clavicle mm-hmm. area, uh, and he had some weird throws after that on Monday night. I. If, if there weren't the injuries, uh, if both uh, Devontae and Jacoby Myers weren't weren't dealing with shots that they took because Jimmy sent them on missions in back-to-back weeks, uh, I, I would feel a little bit better about the Raiders. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. That's uh, a
0: good, good point here. about the Raiders' receiver injuries. Finally, we've got another, another Monday night doubleheader, which I <laughs> I forgot. Uh, Eagles <laughs> at Tampa. I haven't talked about the Bucs, the 2-0 and Bucks. Bucks fans, I've heard you complaining. I will obviously talk about it after this game. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take the Eagles, although mm. no, I feel, I'm going to take the Eagles. I mean, what, what do you make so far of the 2-0 Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
1: Um, I, I think, right, we've seen a team coalesce or, around Todd Poles, like Todd Bowles the, the Bulls of Sans is here. Um, glad to have them, them back and being relevant uh they've made good. plays that, that the shack parrot play right cool. as much as it, as much as it was like oh justin what are you doing like it, the play is still there to be made yeah. and the bakers answered questions early on um mike mike's gonna hit a thousand yards you know every, it's all great well, it, uh, did, we're, did... we're like waiting for it to fall apart
0: it will but, he will but it's,
1: it's two weeks they've they played well these two weeks they're, they're too well hard. i think you the... can't fight them on that
0: the TLDR kind of summary is what we said before the season, which is they have good players. This is always the, the thing about Tampa. Like, there's good players like on both sides of the ball. Like, um, I think Baker's played better than I would have expected. But when I when I was like saying it, will I guess I was specifically talking about. Like, there's, you know, he's going to have a game where the pressure or what you know mm-hmm. he makes some bad decisions and. I think that um, he, he the things he's doing well are things he's done always over the course of his career, if that makes sense. Like he has a good mm-hmm. arm. There's certain concepts that he's excelling in that he's always excelled in. You know, the problem with Mayfield has always just been consistency. So I just don't, you know, can he keep it up for three games? I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, I'm taking the Eagles final game. The night game is the Rams at Cincinnati. A little bit of intrigue because of the Joe Burrow injury. I think this is, If Burroughs heard, I'm taking the Rams. I'll say that Uh, if he plays. I'll probably take Cincinnati, but I don't feel that good about it uh, based on. I mean, Matthew Stafford has been a significantly better quarterback so far this year.
1: And and there was I think it's cause for for celebration for fans of training camp where coming out of training camp it's like, hey, you know, Puka and Tutu like this is and people the reaction is oh yeah okay yeah. right like we've seen Tutu at well but they they've got like 56 targets to to like nine for Van Jefferson who's who's an afterthought in this and it's been so successful because of how good Stafford has been uh, we saw Noteboom leave the game uh, able to 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 still you know get get something but there there was a shift when when Joe Noteboom left that game against the 49ers a little bit um not sure if he came back in or not but it's better than expected. You know, better Sean, than expected. Sean's, get, Sean, Sean's getting things figured out. Um, I my question with regards to Joe Burrow, right? Is if if the calf is still an issue um, and has been an issue, and, you, and you're having to to alter the way you play, you, you kind of need to protect the player yeah. in this instance. Um, wh- why why is he playing? Uh, if it's bad because I, I just don't want to see him out there hobbling around towards the end of the game when you know, there's like four or five balls 15 yards down past the line of scrimmage. Uh, One gets picked off on a great play by Geno Stone. Uh, Solak did a great breakdown of that on the ringer where he's he's kind of freelancing, maybe made the wrong decision. But if you make the wrong decision and everybody's in the place you expect them to be, it's it's going to turn out. Uh, and, and the Bengals aren't on the receiving end or anything like that. And they've they've got to get – nine's got to be healthy.
0: Yeah, it's – uh, I think with Burrow, it's a little bit of – a lot of the injury, a little bit of both the Browns and the Ravens defenses are very good. Yeah. And I think if he had not re aggravated at the end of the game, I would feel pretty good about this matchup because I think it would finally be like, okay, we're playing a defense that's not that great. But the injury is, it just really throws a wrench into things. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, I, golly. This is one where I think you have to kind of just monitor every single report that comes out about how hurt he is or whatever. So I, I, I got a couple of few upsets in there. We'll see if I change to the Rams, we'll see if I stay in first place. Uh, and yeah, I'll have to, I'll keep you posted, Patrick, as always. It's a lot, it's
1: a lot of pressure. It's a
0: lot of pressure. That's, I know the times, the plaque is put our name <laughs> on a plaque.
1: Yeah. It's lonely at the top.
0: Um. Thank you as always for joining us. You guys can follow him at Patrick Claybon, it's just at Patrick Claybon, right? On Twitter.
1: That's
0: right. At Patrick Claybon.
1: Watch so him Elon on. charges me for like a it's oh, like God. hey here's to not have an ampersand or something.
0: <laughs> uh you catch him on NFL Network and uh many platforms. Thank you as always for joining us, Bridget. Thanks